0: Do you find yourself wondering who you are? Why are you here? Do you feel at a place like something inside you knows a secret? Want to tap into a power source beyond your wildest dreams? How is this possible? Well, join me every other week as we learn to be infinite AF. the art of non-attachment, accepting what comes and allowing it to leave when it's time. What's for me will be for me effortlessly. Zen Master. Well, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Infinite AF. I'm Amber Rue and I'm here. I'm so excited, ready to get into today's topic. But before we do that, I just wanted to remind you if you wanted to follow me, I am on Instagram, I am on TikTok, I am on Facebook, and just take a look for me at infinite AF. Instagram, I am infinite AF underscore now. I hate living in the present. I wanted to get into today's topic and I wanted to just let you know, I'm just so happy that you're here and I thank you for sharing this time with me together. Um, we're doing really, really great. We've got, you know, tons of people listening and I'm going to have some amazing guests coming in this week um, and really getting focused and being present. So just uh, look forward to all of that. All right, y'all. So today I wanted to talk about attachment. I know we've talked about it a little bit here and there in the previous episodes. Today, I really wanted to dive into it. Um, because it's definitely the, it's definitely the topic (laughs) currently in my life that I am experiencing and going through and actually growing through, I should say. And it's definitely something that is near and close to home right now. So totally fresh and hot off the oven. All right. So let's talk about attachment. And today the, the attachment that I want to talk about is, um, the attachment of Eastern philosophy. Um, I do want to bring up, uh, the attachment, uh, theories, uh, the psychological theory of development that was discovered by, uh, Mary Answorth and John uh, Bowlby. But, um, I want to do that another day today. I'm going to solely be talking about the Eastern philosophy of attachment, and also my personal experiences. So, uh, you know, what is attachment? You know, what what is that? You know, we, we think about it and, um, you know, what does that really mean to you or what is what does it look like? Um, and so I've come to find that, you know, there it really stems, attachment can be anything anyways it can be attachment to a, a, an addiction it can be attachment to a person it can be attachment to activities it can be attachment to your job hobbies it also can be attachment to stories narratives theories uh and so attachment can present itself in many different ways for me i you know honestly believe like attachment as long as with along with the eastern philosophies which is your you know buddhist uh, taoist uh, hinduism um, it's it's a feeling of separation, a separation from home. This is where it stems from. We somehow feel that we're separated from home, which for me, home's universe. This is this is who I am. This is who we are. And obviously, then you have to think about it. Then separation is an illusion. Because you can't separate from self. And if self is universe, I am not separated from it. But apparently I have amnesia. We all walk around with amnesia. We aren't enlightened. We aren't in the awareness yet. And we feel that we are separated from something that we call home. Which is what, what's home. Comfort, peace stillness, calm, uh, a place void of fear, right? And so when we feel separated, all of our actions root forth to have that feeling again, like it's craving that feeling of home, right? So we're always searching for home. And then once we find it, whether it be in in some type of drug or activity or person or narrative or whatever, we're, we're constantly trying to grasp that thing so that it can continue to reinforce the feeling of home and then you become attached you become attached to avoid separateness which again is crazy because separateness (laughs) separateness is an illusion it's something that we created in the mind because we have amnesia and we forgot where we're at and who we are but we we experience i experience we all experience it one of the big stories in my life is that i'm currently learning that i have this attachment to this narrative what felt like home for me which was really in a dis- a dysfunctional narrative a dysfunctional story but for some reason it made me feel safe and I'm attaching to um that trauma which and you know a lot of a lot of everything that we do is trauma response right um and we'll talk about that another day but I have a situation um I was dating someone uh for seven months or so. And this person also suffers from attachment uh, and, and separation anxiety. He grew very, very attached to me. I became the center of his world I became his everything you know if he were without me for one day he would have a manic episodes and I knew it and I saw it and it was unhealthy and I thought there surely this is not a great thing <laughs> and I always pride myself on not being very attached to anything you know I do have I don't know what I call it like a shut-off switch I don't know if it's possibly it's a defense mechanism I'm not sure but I I've been able to detach myself from many things uh, many Many things that's happened, you know, and I've talked about my jobs, and I've talked about different, changing different um, situations and and places where I live, and financial statuses and whatnot. And I'm fine. Like, with those things, I say, well, you know, here it is. I watch it, observe it, and let it go, and that's that. Um, I learned to flow with the tide, you know, no big deal. But for some reason, I got attached to this idea in this relationship that I needed to be Captain save And <laughs> so... And so I was like, okay, I know this person's attached to me. I know it's not healthy, but I realize that this person has some mental health issues. And that really struck home for me because that felt like home because that's how I grew up. I grew up in a home with people that were highly dysfunctional and I... Took it upon myself to be the savior or what I thought at the time a nine-year-old could do is save somebody in that situation. And it felt very comforting and safe because as long as I was in control, I knew that it was going to be okay. And this was the same situation that I had with this person um, who I was dating I felt like, you know what, they're all messed up and that's okay. I'll just love them where they're at. I'll give them a lot of love and they'll be okay. And then I will be in control of the situation and it'll never get really out of hand because as long as I'm there helping, guiding, learning, uh, keeping close eye watch, making sure they're okay, then everything will be okay, right? And and then I feel safe and they feel safe and um, we're all <laughs> living in this stupid ass attachment <laughs> that is false anyways because nothing we attach to... Anytime we grasp to anything, it's never going to, we're never, it's like trying to catch the water. Can you, uh, running stream of water, you catch it in a bucket and what happens? The water's no longer running. It's not a stream. It's just sitting there um, and it's dead. The stream is dead. The stream of running water is dead. That's what I tried to do. And, and I was attached to these old theories and these old um, narratives and these old feelings of home it ended up not turning out very well. And unfortunately, it got exponentially worse. And uh, this person became very unstable and very um, careless and reckless with their life. And it was very scary and traumatic situation. And even up towards the very end, I was feeling still like I had to attach to it. I had to fix it somehow. I had to attach to this idea that it was my responsibility to help. And, you know, that comes from a lot of different things. Uh It's not just the attachment, but it, it was also parts of what I experienced with that person did feel like safe and happy and, and it did increase my serotonin levels and it did make me feel good. And so, you know, feeling good and I was feeling fine all by myself before, but this just took like my serotonin to a whole nother level. And I was like, hey, I want some more <laughs> of that. And so you attach to something even if it is not not healthy um i hope that wasn't too confusing i don't know if that made any sense but that's what happened um and of course that's exactly what happened for him uh more very bluntly you know by him letting me know like i am addicted to you and when i don't have you i feel like i fall apart those were literally um you know our discussions so then we talk about attachment, you know, and then by the by, you know, since then we are no longer together <laughs> and we're, you know, we're healing and we're uh, healthier for it. So, um, moving forward with the, the non attachment goal here, you know, because attachment in Buddhist belief, is is the root of all suffering, right? It's the root of all pain and suffering, being attached to something. So, and and the reason, again, it's the root of suffering because we're suffering because we feel we're separated. And we're not separated, but we are thinking that we're separated, so we feel like we have to attach to something. And when we attach to something, it obviously doesn't work out because in essence, we cling to things around us and attempt to find happiness, but happiness is really letting go, right? um, it is, it is letting go and experiencing things in its fullness without grasping to it. Alan Watts talks about this story one time about this little girl who had this bunny and she was so excited that she had this bunny and she brought it home and she was in the car and she's loving on this little fuzzy bunny and she's petting it and loving it and hugging it and kissing it. And what ended up happening is she squeezed it so tightly that it died. she killed it and she had no more bunny. And this is exactly what we do when we attach to things. This is exactly what we do when we attach to people, when we attach to stories. We kill our joy. We kill the thing that made us happy in the beginning. We kill our hobbies. We kill our activities. We kill our relationships. We kill everything when we try to grasp it. Because once we try to grasp it, it no longer exists. And so non-attachment is not meaning to, like, don't have interest in anything. Um, it doesn't mean to be robotic or to not to participate. But try to participate without trying to grasp it and just allow it to free flow. Because eventually, if you cling, you turn your happy into pain. Because it's never enough. You're going to cling and cling and cling and it's never going to be enough. Like you see this in workaholics. You see people who like got totally excited and elated when they first got this job and they made success. And then they are chasing that high every day after that. And it no longer becomes joy or happiness. It becomes extreme pain and suffering because now they're stressed and they're full of anxiety and woe because they're really trying to attach to this this work idea of of perfectionism or whatever it is for them and again as we learn that attachment is the root of all suffering in fact the the basic doctrine of early buddhism which remains common to all buddhism today um includes the four noble truths and the four noble truths again are existence in suffering so suffering exists suffering has a cause um it's namely a craving or attachment and there is this feeling of suffering and then there's going to be this release of suffering and there's a path to releasing that suffering. So these are, you know, the, the, the Buddhist doctrines and their whole philosophy is to, um, their whole philosophy is to deny desires, right? Which, you know, I totally agree and I totally get that. But at the same time, it becomes <laughs> denying desire becomes an, a desire in itself. Like if you're constantly meditating on, I don't want to have any desires. I don't want to have any desires. I don't want to have any attachments. You're now obsessing over not having attachments and not having desires. So now you're attached to the obsession of of the... <laughs> like. Do you see what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> I mean, Alan Watts talks about it at one point, or I think it's Ram Dass. I don't know. They tell a story and it's like, you know, like someone who says, you know, oh, I, I quit smoking. They, they're, you know, done smoking. They want to be unattached. They want to be not attached to smoking. And yeah, I haven't smoked in, you know, 275 days, three hours and 54 seconds. <laughs> it's like, all right, you're not attached to smoking anymore, but now you're attached to observing the fact that you're not attached to smoking. And so yeah, they're still finding an attachment there. So, you know, how do we do it then? Like what do we what do we do to um develop a better sense of non-attachment without being cold or indifferent, right? Cause still we still want to engage in life. We still want to participate. We still want to enjoy things, but not to get obsessive over whatever it is that we're enjoying by imagining that it's going to take us to home, right? So what do we do? How do we do that? And you know, uh there's also the eastern philosophy of the witness, you know, Ram Dass talks about it all the time, developing the witness to your attachment. So you're you're in this attachment and there, you know, there's a witness. There's somebody saying, "Look, like let's say you're drinking, like And your attachment is to alcohol and you're sitting there, oh man, you're really an asshole. Look at you. You just, you drank and you got drunk last night. Um, so there's a judge there, right? Um, and then there's someone there calling you out and then there's, you know, your ego saying this is not how we're supposed to be. We should, could, would. Um, and then there's somebody who's just watching it all and saying, look at all these me's in here talking about me. That's the witness. The witness doesn't judge or have any other ability other than to just observe and say, wow, look at that. Look at that. No judgment, no nothing, no shoulda, coulda, wouldas, no narratives, no attachments, no feelings. It's just a witness. So the witness notices and pretty much just calls it out as it is. Um, And that is where it is said that we we can find nirvana and we can find zen when we live in the witness. Where we're just watching it without judging it. And no, it's not like, okay, go ahead and be crazy as drug addict all you want. And as long as you're just watching it like a movie, it doesn't affect you or anybody else. That's not the case. It the idea is the more you're in the witness, the less that you're judging, the less that you're attaching, and the less you'll will be more you'll be inclined to be the drug addict, right? Um, the more that you'll be able to uh allow for that to be released and you'll be more in the what we call mindfulness, in the awareness of self. Um and a lot of times again, you know, because we're thinking attachment is, you know, drug addiction is attachment. Being obsessive over activities or people is an attachment. So how do we get out of it? We stay more in the awareness. We stay more in the witness. We stay more that we're not attached to any one particular story. We're just here. So we don't have to cling to feel goods. We just have to watch and we just have to be, right? I'm not saying that there's an easy way to do this. I mean, again, the Buddhists believe like you just deny your desires, and Ramdas jokes about it all the time. Of like, then you just walking around like a horny celibate, like because <laughs> it's still there, and you're just, just denying it, you know. Um, but you're constantly thinking about the thing that you're denying. Yeah, you know, just like people who go on diets. You're gonna go on a diet, and you can deny deny yourself the sugars. I'm not drinking any soda or eating hamburgers. All you do is think about sodas and hamburgers all the time. In, in, you might not pick one up, but now you're obsessed over thinking about not eating soda and hamburgers. So you're still thinking about them. You're still obsessing over something. you still having an attachment to something. So how do we do it? I'm not going to say that I'm perfectionist at it because I'm absolutely not. And I've learned that over this last seven months that I grew attached to these old stories. I grew attached to this feeling of nurturing someone. Um, and, and yeah, somehow the attachment equated to me feeling loved and me feeling like home. If I just take care of them well enough that I will get the love that I deserve. Um, I don't know something I'm still, I'm still dissecting that it's still fresh. It's still new. And it, you know, I'm still going through it. So don't you know, don't sit here and take everything I say about that as what it is. you might you might be present enough to witness it and say, "Oh, you know what? that's probably what happened here or there um i am I, I might not be able to see it now because I'm still coming out of the fog um, but you know, definitely, I do know in other areas of my life, I have been able to be unattached to things, and it it was just so liberating and so freeing. And so, Oh God, I don't know what the word is. there's just not adjective It's, I just felt light. I felt weightless. Um, and you know, and those were areas of like my, my job, you know, I, I unattached to the narrative that someone at my age in my stage of life should be making X amount of money with X amount of career doing X amount of things. I left that narrative go fucking long time ago, and um, and it was just so amazing that you know I I come to the understanding that hey I'm not comfortable in this job right now. Um, something is not going there, and ironically so I was in a job where I was helping people. Um, so maybe I just don't help any of you fuckers ever again. <laughs> like, kidding, kidding. Um, but I love everyone. Um, but that was, that was the thing is like, I did love everyone. I love people so much that I want to help. And so my job ended up being unfulfilling, but I had this big sense of responsibility to help people and to, to make them happy in, in some way, somehow that would help me. Um, so that whole mind screw of attachment there is what, I was starting to recognize, hey, this is uncomfortable. And once I start to feel uncomfortable and I start to suffer, I stop and I sit with it and I recognize what's going on here. So I did and I changed jobs and I absolutely love where I work right now. And I am so excited to go to work every day. And in fact, I want to go work more. I'm like, can I just like hang out here all the time? Because I just love it. Um, So, you know, I was very Happy about that. I was I was very much in the practice and in the awareness. Um, and then I got in a relationship and um shared some very close moments and intimate moments and in and, and brought a person into the the nucleus of my life, and that's when it kind of got a little bit murky again for me. So here we are learning again because we're learning together, we're learning how to be infinite AF. <laughs> and and this is why I wanted to bring the topic up here, you know, Um, let's just talk about how now to possibly help us to let go. How do we unattach? Um, And so I'll give you some of the things that help me uh, unattached and 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 really be grounded in self-awareness and and work on remembering that we are not separated. We are still whole. We are still a whole thing. I'm you and you are me and we're the universe. We're not separate beings. We're actually just in separate little drag suits. <laughs> so what do we do okay so number one I love it number one meditation number one um and meditate on what there's many things you can meditate on and I just love meditation in general it's so fun and it's so peaceful and it's it's just enjoyable all the way around so meditation meditate possibly on just seeing yourself and your suffering at first just recognizing it and identifying it and then just sitting with it Like meditate on sitting there with your suffering, with your attachment, with whatever it is that is making you feel intense, whether it's your job, whether it's a person you're in a relationship with, whether it's a hobby that you become overwhelmed with. Um, Sit with your addiction, sit with your attachment, sit with your suffering and just notice it. Just be aware of it. And then the other thing is maybe meditate Afterwards, after you've sat with it for some time, and I don't know what that time is for you, um, but then maybe switch the focus of meditation to love and acceptance, loving yourself and saying, okay, you know, I have this thing. Don't, oh, you're such an idiot. You, you know, you have this addiction. You have this drug addiction. You have this person, you have this addiction to low self-esteem, whatever it is. Love yourself and say, I love you. You know, and possibly then switching the meditation to loving others. Um, and this to me is a big, big one because when I love others, what am I doing? I'm loving me also. I am giving the forgiveness to myself, I'm giving the forgiveness to everything and everyone around me. And I'm feeling joy because. I feel connected again. I'm starting to feel connected. And there's no, even in Christianity, I remember we were in church all the time and they were like, you know, you pray for your enemy. You pray for the one, the least of these, you know, you pray for them to have the happiness because that somehow is going to bring you joy. And it does. It really does like freaking magic. So maybe if there's anybody or anything that's, ailing you or, or making you suffer or, or, or not making you, but you know, that you can attach to why you having suffering, maybe pray for that person or thing. Right. And then the, the other thing would be, you know, after we do the meditation, let's find mindfulness, let's find presence. And so what is mindfulness? It is awareness, awareness of self awareness of body, you know, like literally be aware of your body. I'm sitting in this chair. I can feel the way the chair feels on my sit bone, my legs. Maybe they're touching the floor or maybe like mine, they're short and they're not touching the floor at all. <laughs> like, Be aware of the body. How is your breath? How are your shoulders? Are they all the way up by your ears? Maybe focus on releasing, releasing them down. Maybe you're slunched over and maybe that's hurting your spine. Focus on sitting straight. You know, and just be aware of these things. Is your jaw clenched? Release. So focus on the awareness. This is how we get into the mindfulness. And then how am I feeling? What am I actually feeling? Like what, what is What is it feeling? Not like my thoughts, but my feelings. Like feeling, there's a feeling there, right? There's, sometimes it's indigestion. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's what are you feeling? And don't judge it just feel it just be aware of it be in the consciousness and then maybe maybe work on your surroundings what what is what is going on around me what do i hear what do i smell non judgment don't create stories oh i'm smelling this because oh man did i forget to throw out the trash and the in the back of my car or you no know. just be aware of it. This is how we stay in the mindfulness. This is how we stay in the presence. And essentially what that is doing is developing your witness. Where I personally believe is where the real healing comes, is being the witness to all of this life, to all of this experience, to all of this game that we're playing here. We can transform into the witness. We have lots of me's inside, you know, there's Zen masters, Buddhists to talk about that, that there's me, the me, the ego, me, the, this, me, the judge, me, the, so there's also the me, the witness that doesn't do any of those things. It just sits there and observes. And so I would challenge you to work on being the witness by being mindful and recognizing these things. And maybe then, when we work on this and we become the witness, we're no longer living in the ego. We're no longer living in the fear. We're no longer living in the me that wants to attach to the things that we think are home. But instead, we're becoming more and more aware that we are connected to everything and we are already home. You're already home. We're here. We don't have to fear. So we need to focus more on that possibly to have less attachment, to have less episodes where we're desperate and chasing that high again. Whether that high is a person, a job, an achievement, an award, a title, a clean house, whatever it is, throw away those narratives, throw away those desires and how? By becoming the witness, By being more aware of your surroundings, by being your consciousness, by being aware of body, and by learning to be more present, we become more aware that we are connected and that we are not far from home, that we belong and we're okay, right? Don't suffocate your life like the the story of the bunny, you know, having someone you love and, and grasping them so tight that you kill it you kill it because we can't we cannot I dare you go turn the faucet on right now run the water put your hand underneath it and try to grab that running water can you do it you cannot you cannot and you just chase it and chase it and chase it and you feel unfulfilled because you can't grab it but you want though desperately to grab it this is not where it's going to come instead realize that you're already in that stream you are that running water and you don't need to grasp it you just need to be. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Infinite AF. I am Amber Rue and I just love, love sharing these thoughts with you. I am so happy that you guys join me every other week and we can sit here and discuss it. If you ever have a topic you want to talk about, feel free to reach me on one of my platforms and I'd love to have you on the show. I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful, light-filled day. Namaste.